Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to Dose of Leadership. So happy you're tuning in to another episode. This is your great free resource to help you in your leadership journey because we're all called to leadership at some times in our lives. I think we all have an obligation for leadership because it's central to everything that we do, and I think part of our obligation is to help make the campsite better than we found it. That's why I do this show, because I, like you, am on a leadership journey trying to get to know myself better as a leader, become a better leader, become a better husband, better father, better citizen of the world. And that's why I really appreciated today's guest, Gordana Birnot. She's a thinker, writer, speaker. She really is a remarkable human being when it comes to leadership and self-awareness. She is one of Oprah's Super Soul 100 teachers, which is a group of 100 awakened leaders that Oprah's defined as leaders that are using their voice and talent to elevate humanity. And as um, she's the only European to have been named on Oprah's Super Soul 100 Teachers, and I really appreciate her straightforward, her empowering tweets. That's how I found her on Twitter, sort of digging into what she stands for. And I said, man, I've got to get her on our show. She's inspired hundreds of thousands across the globe, and she's got a brand new book that's coming out in September. You can pre-order now called Know the Truth, why Knowing Who You Are Changes Everything, and it is a collection of some of her most profound wisdom. And from what I've read so far, this is going to be a definitely go-to for me. You know, I'm on this self-awareness kick. I talk about it a lot on Dose of Leadership and in my coaching and my group coaching with Masterminds is that, you know, it's a lifelong journey of realizing who you are, and once you truly know who you are, then you can truly start adding value to other people. And so that's why this conversation is so important. And you're going to get a lot of those nuggets out of there with uh, listening to Gordana. And so I, I hope you really appreciate it. Let me know where you're at in your leadership journey. Again, reach out to me at uh, richard at doseofleadership.com. You can also fill out the contact page on Dose of Leadership. You can also fill out the contact page on richardryerson.com, where, again, you can learn more about my speaking, my coaching, my masterminding services, and, of course, my course, which I'm plugging on here all the time, Legacy Leader Blueprint. If you're looking to up your game in the leadership realm, if you've got a group of high performers or supervisors or managers in your organization and you're just not finding the time or the resources to do leadership and personal development for your team, Legacy Leader Blueprint is a great solution. Find out more 
at uh, doseofleadership.com or richardryerson.com. You can click on the links and watch a free video that will talk all about the course. And uh, if you want to do the premium, it's $3.49 a seat, so it doesn't break the bank. That's a great solution for organizations, again, who are struggling finding the time and resources to do leadership development. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a fan of the show. And without further ado, here's a great conversation with Gordana Birnott on Dose of Leadership. Well, Gordana, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you here because I've really been on this, particularly in the last year and a half when I've been coaching clients and I've been talking, this whole idea of self-awareness um, has really resonated with me. And, and it's something that I should have realized long ago in my leadership development, but I've really come had some clarity and alignment over this last year and a half. And that's how I came across you. Because when I'm thinking about self-awareness and and manifesting, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, you become what you think. And so that's how I came up, came to, to know you and, and with your material. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. How, what, what, how did that resonate with you when I was talking about self-awareness? You know, I mean, this is why I brought you here. How important is self-awareness on our leadership journey? I think it's one of the most important things because if you don't know yourself, then you can't lead others right. either. I mean, leadership is all about knowing yourself and the rest comes as a natural result of that. I usually ask myself, would you follow you? And if the answer is yes, then it is authentic and I know who I am and that's how you become a leader. And if the answer is no, I wouldn't follow myself, then it's more about being a manager, not being so much a leader. And leadership to me is so much more than leading a group of people. It's more, really more about leading yourself and knowing yourself, knowing who you are. Because if you think about it, if you don't know who you are, then per definition, every single action you take is unconscious Mm -hmm. because you don't know who you are. And that's a scary place to be. Then you create a reality which becomes... um, not conscious to you. You don't know. Everything is a surprise to you. And that's not leadership. That becomes a victimship instead. So it is crucial to know who you are. It is crucial to understand the concept of self-awareness if you want to be a leader. Yeah, and I agree. But the challenge I found is like, okay, so I'm taking an honest look at myself and I don't necessarily like what I see. How do you embrace that and get comfortable with that? Because I think that's part of part of the struggle in the journey too, right? I mean, you got to get comfortable. You may not like what you see, but you got to get comfortable with it so you can at least start manifesting the change. Of course. The question is, what is it that you don't like when you look at yourself? Yeah. I think that's a crucial question. If you ask yourself, what is it I don't like? Because you see, when you start digging into that, the more you look at it, the more you will see that it is an illusion. Mm, what do you mean? Well, the more you look at the things that you don't like about yourself and probe them truly, ask yourself, is this true? Because when you come nearer to that, you see that this comes from a place that is not your own. Mm. It comes from belief systems that you have been conditioned into believing as a child It comes from someone else's beliefs and someone else's value of the reality out there, which you have adopted even before you could speak. And then when you look at yourself and see things that you don't like, those are 
false beliefs about yourself. And when you start scrutinizing them, really, you will find that they are illusions. That's so true. You're right. I mean, because I'm a big fan of betting on your strengths. I mean, I, I, I think knowing who you are and finding the pieces of, of you that um, are inherently you or what your strength is, <clears throat> that you should bet on those. Because we can get mired in, like you said, I mean, particularly if they're illusions, we can get mired in trying to fix, and I'm saying air quotes, fix those weaknesses, right? And I think a lot of times that's wasted energy to try to fix all those weaknesses, particularly, as you said, if they're, mm. most of them are probably illusions, right? Well, the, the more you try to fix them, the more average you become. Right. Right. Because when you focus, when you focus on your strengths, that's when you soar. And your strengths are often connected to a desire you have within you. So if you start looking at what do I desire, what do I want in this reality, that's when you're aligned to your soul purpose. Because when we are born, there is we're born perfect. I mean, with all the, the, the desires and everything are already there. And we, as a child, you are perfect. And then when you start growing up, all the conditioning starts and you forget all these desires because everybody tells you, no, 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 that's not right desire. This is what you need to desire. So you learn how to adapt to the environment around you and their desires and their values. And that's what I mean. When you, when your soul tells you, I don't like what I see, then it tells you that here you have a lot of belief systems that are not congruent with who you truly are. And that's why you don't like them. So you need to find out who am I? And then those beliefs become, you, you see the illusionary structure of those beliefs. So is it is it almost like um, getting comfortable with the past and letting go of the past? I mean, I, I hate mm. spending a lot of time in the past, but I, man, I sort of find myself going back there a lot. You know, even mm. subconsciously, I find myself going back to the past mm. and I don't understand completely why. So is it a matter of changing the past? Is it a matter of letting go of the past? What is it? Well, it's a matter of both, I think, because when you change the past, you can go back and change a memory, for instance, and not the entire memory. You can't change what actually happened and the people there, but you can change your view of it. You can change your perspective. You can change how you felt about it. You can look at it from a different perspective. And the minute you do that, the, the memory changes. And when it changes, it also changes you in the now, which per definition changes what you become in the future because it changes everything. So I think it's a good thing to go back in your memory and, and, and look at those memories, but use them as a tool to change your frequency in the now. I write about that a lot in my book because... Right. We tend to look at time as something linear. There is, there is a past and it is written in stone and you can't change that. And there is a now moment where you look at the past and you create your future by what you see now. So it becomes a imp mission impossible to change anything, actually. The, the good place to start changing your future is going back to your past mm -hmm. and looking at the memories that, that maybe not feel so good and see why do they not feel good. And start looking for the strengths in that memory. I mean, the most awful things can actually show you that you were a very strong soul in that moment, that you were not a victim if you look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, I was talking with one of my clients one time and, and had who had a very um, dysfunctional, well, still do to this day, a very troubling and dysfunctional relationship with their mother. Mm -hmm. 
And at one point, there became some alignment and clarity on the idea that, look, all of these great things that you've become, this um, intense individual with a tremendous sense of humility, was all because of the relationship they had with their mother. Does that make sense? And so it was actually was a gift, even though it was painful and in some cases traumatic, it was actually a gift in making this person who they are today. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. I had a very, very complicated relationship with my father because he was a very dominant person and it was his way or the highway. And I always saw myself as a victim from from that relationship. What I actually saw quite recently is that without that relationship, I would not know my strengths. And I'm a really strong individual. And when I go back and look at those memories from that perspective, when I see myself as a strong individual and I look for it in my memories, I can find that strength in every single memory I have with that man. So it means that it it's you are always the result of what you experienced in your past, but it's not written in stone. The result can change when you change in the now and your way of looking at it. I don't know if it makes sense to you because it becomes a paradox in time, but that is how it works. You can go back and use it and become a new version of yourself when you look at yourself in your past from a different perspective. Yeah, I call those I, – I like to call them um, in-the-mud moments, and it's those in-the-mud moments and you pull yourself out and you wash the mud off. You know, and some of that mud may stay, you know, in your cuticles and in the crevices of your hands and to remind you where you've come from. But it's you actually become transformed when you come out of the mud. And but you wouldn't have transformed if you hadn't been in the mud in the first place. Right. Yes, it becomes. Of course, of course, because it's all about the contrast in it. If you don't have the darkness, you wouldn't know what light is. Exactly. And the same thing goes when when you look at hate, you understand how how love feels. And yeah, right. this is this is the most important thing in life is to understand that there will always be the bad stuff and the good stuff. The bad stuff is there to help you enjoy the good stuff even more. Yeah. So uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, 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 no. Please go ahead. I go was ahead. just gonna. <laughs> I was just gonna say that a lot of times, you know, we spend so much time, energy, and resources wanting things to be completely smooth. And I've transitioned and shifted the thought to thinking, look, the fear, the uncertainty is always going to be there. So I'm going to spend my time, energy, and resources on being the calming force within it and learning to embrace it. Because I'm not talking about fear that, you know, fear for your life or someone's holding your gun to your head. I'm talking about that internal limiting belief fear that we, we face on a daily basis that it's actually a gift because if we embrace it, um, it's a gift because something significant is on the other. Something of significance is on the other side of that. That's my belief. Yeah. Well, it means that you care about something. So right. that's why why the fear is there. But you need to learn how to handle it and not allow it to override your systems. And if it if it becomes too fearful to live, I mean, if it becomes too much noise from the outer reality that creates the fear within you, then it's not a good fear. But if it comes from a place where you, where you value what you have and you love what you have, then the fear is actually good for you. Right. So it's all about where the fear comes from and what kind of fear it is. So I don't think that fear is always bad because it can make you 
more um, sensitive to the reality around you and what you already have. And it will, it will make you more appreciative and grateful. So that's what it's, why it's there. But it's, it's a bad thing when it comes in under your skin and you allow it to become your mode of operandum in your reality. Right. And, and if it makes you, you know, stuck in your tracks and it, and it prevents you mm-hmm. from moving, yeah, then, then it's, a, it's a detriment. Is that what you mean when in your book you talk about fear is a liar? Is that what, is that what you mean by that? I mean, why, what is, elaborate on that. Yeah. To me, fear can be a liar because it tells you that you are less than you are. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you, if, let's say that you, you're afraid of speaking up, that is a fear that is a liar because you, you can always speak up. It's about trusting your outer reality and trusting yourself within. So that's what I mean by fear is a liar. It will, it will keep you sometimes in your comfort zone when you need to go outside of your comfort zone. And isn't that, so, is yeah, that, is that our obligation? Is, isn't that our obligation to always push ourselves into the out of the comfort zone? Is, isn't that our – I feel like it's an obligation – of the universe of God I, for me to always yeah, do that. Yeah, I would rather. Yeah, I would rather say that it's maybe not an obligation, but it is the fun of being here. That mm. is why we are here. I mean, we come into this reality to test our limitations. Before we enter this world, I mean, we we are spirits, and in spirit, you are totally free. So why would we be here? Well, it's because this is the only place where we can play with the limitations. And I do use the word word play because that's what it's all about. It's to push the boundaries and see how far can I go and then push them a bit more and feel the rush of joy while you're doing it because it's empowerment. You, you, you become bigger in this physical reality with your consciousness. You expand your consciousness. And that is why the limitations are there so that you can feel the joy of expanding. Mm-hmm. I usually talk about my childhood about being the limitations. And when I was in my teens, I would wonder why in heaven's name did I put myself in this situation from a spiritual perspective? Why would I choose parents that would limit me so much as they did? And it took me me years to understand that why I was there is because if I wouldn't have been there, I would never experience the joy of freeing myself from Mm. these limitations. Mm -hmm. And that was a the biggest joy ever to be to become aware of who I truly am, to become aware of the the power I have within me to be who I am and to explore this reality through a point of desires and not a point of fear. And that is a joy which I, I cannot experience somewhere else because the limitations actually heightens the joy. And what do you what what steps what was the catalyst, I guess, that that helped you see that i mean how did you because so many of us are stuck uh and never make it to that transition of joy what is the catalyst to kind of push you over the edge does that make sense yeah it it makes sense i would say love actually but i didn't Mm. know it at the time it happened i had i have had a few of these crucial moments in my life one would be a car accident where i actually saw myself and the strength within me. And I was 17 years old at that time. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that uh, my who I am is more than this body. I understood that death is actually a transition. I got a glimpse of who I truly was. So that was one moment which affected me 
But then, you know, life comes in the way and you forget how it felt. And the next one would be when I met my husband, because that was true love and love at first sight. And he was such a free spirit. And he um, inspired me to start looking for the free spirit within me because mm. love was the trigger there. I, I would say that that was one of the biggest triggers where I started to look at my reality uh, not from a point of victimhood, but from a point in, point of empowerment and, and seeing who I am. But it's a slow process. You can have those aha moments, but then you go back to the slow process again. And it's an, an everyday thing. Yeah, that, I lo- that resonated with me that you, when you just said that, that it's such a slow process because you're right. When I think back to those handful of aha moments that have transitioned to my life or made me pivot mm-hmm. or made me appreciate, or made me, or brought me back to the love love space, but then you start doing the daily grind again, and and you forget what that felt like in a sense, and so it, yeah. to, it and it's like this constant, um, and I hate to use the word struggle because it gets overused, and and, and it means that I don't like it because I've come to appreciate uh, the, the kind of messiness of it. I guess I've embraced yeah. the messiness of it, and I know that that's. If it's messy, then I know that I'm living. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, it does. It actually does because it's all about how you define things around you. If you define it as a struggle, it will always be a struggle because that's the frequency you're sending out. Right, and right. The universe will always give you exact match of that frequency. Mm-hmm. So if you if you if you start seeing it as okay, it's not a struggle, but it's messy, then it's the messy frequency that comes back, and. Then you can start looking at it. For instance, I would look at it. Sometimes I had chaos in my life and I was going, why does this have to be such a chaos? I don't get it. And then when I started um, looking at it from a higher perspective, when you come higher up, you can see the patterns in the chaos. And then you see, well, okay, it isn't a chaos. There is a pattern in this. And it becomes... It becomes empowering because you feel that there is some kind of control when you can see the patterns in it. So right. I think that's why it is a slow process. You have to climb higher and higher up spiritually to see the patterns. And it takes time. And that's why, I mean, you have to reach 40 or 50 before you can see the patterns and start recognizing your life of what it is, not chaos, but different kinds of patterns around you. I don't know if it makes sense to you, but that's that's how I feel when I look back at it. When I was 20, it was chaos. When I was 40, it looked more like some kind of a landscape with some patterns in it. No, that, that makes perfect sense. And, and I, would, I would say that is certainly as I'm entering the later state, I mean, 48 now, mm-hmm. I can see that. And I think there's been that, that conscious... And and I always go back to love too. When I talk about it on the show, and even doing the show over the last four and a half years, it's morphed into uh, an understanding that, you know, if I had to write an equation when, to the question of what is leadership, you know, to me, it's leadership equals influence equals love, and everything goes back to love. There's, there's to me, it's always we're always operating under a fear umbrella or a love umbrella for every decision that we make dur- throughout the day, and. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to get myself under that love umbrella all the time. That is so true because I remember as a child, I couldn't see the difference between um, dodging fear and true happiness. I was happy when I could dodge fear, and that's not a good place to be. Right. 
And as a leader, if it is the same thing, if you're always dodging fear in something, then it's not um, authentic leadership coming from your core. Then it's something else. You're reacting to outer reality. When you are a leader seeking happiness and seeking joy and seeking the good things, that's when it comes from your core. And why I talk about this core thing all the time and source is because source is unconditional love. It cannot be anything else. And right. it took me years to figure this out. And I write about that in the, in the book too. Co our core and our, our source is unconditional love. So this is what we are born into this reality with. We are unconditional love. And then we, as we age, all the belief systems become how we operate in this reality. So when, when we started off this, this um, conversation, you said, what if I don't like what I look at? What you don't like are all these beliefs. Right. Your, your source is always unconditional love. And that's why we need to go within in order to come to that core. I usually ask myself, what does love mean? Because when you talk about leadership and love, it kind of doesn't resonate with people who are in leadership roles exactly. because they say, yeah. well, it doesn't work that way. I can't love everyone. And that's not what love actually means mm -hmm. in that sense. For me, love is more about trusting yourself, trusting others, creating an atmosphere where mistakes are allowed, where it's not a failure to make a mistake, where, where there is where you can forgive each other to create that kind of environment that is true leadership for me and that equals love in the leadership space so to speak well said i mean i can't agree with you anymore i mean everything you said there um i got chills when hearing what you're saying that because that is so true <laughs> because when i i when i talk about love and leadership and sometimes i people like that they don't see the two Mm -hmm. equating but i think you know i'm i'm not talking about love that would make an hr person uh uncomfortable you know we're mm -hmm. talking about the type yeah. of love that like you said it, it is is sacrificial it it's it sees no wrong it's almost like if you go to the bible in in first corinthians mm -hmm. 13 where love is patient love is kind you know love doesn't see mm -hmm. no wrong you know all the that to me is what leadership is and what what you so eloquently described mm -hmm. just a moment ago how do you i mean go ahead uh, yeah, well, there the was one more thing, because when you talk about love in that sense, it means that it doesn't mean that you have to accept bad behavior from people, right. but it means that you don't judge them. You right. can say, I don't like this, but you don't judge them and you don't feel the, uh, allow them to feel guilty from what, you what you're telling them. That is, that is an art form, actually, to do mm -hmm. that to always be aware of what kind of energy am I leaving this person with. It doesn't mean that you don't tell them what you think. It, it just means that you tell them in a way which will not harm them, which will kind of illuminate them instead. Yeah, I mean, sometimes being loving is is being tough. It's, it's having mm -hmm. a stand. It's having the courage to, you know, do what's right regardless of what uh, mm -hmm. the popular opinion is. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's all those things. But it's yeah, that it's that it it's that emotional quotient, that empathetic side of you, as you said, it is an art form. It's something that I think is is probably the greatest asset or the greatest skill set to to hone when it comes to life and leadership. In my opinion, I think that the best uh, the best teachers 
are our children when it comes to that, that form of love. I remember when my son was born 20 years ago, I looked into his eyes for the first time, and this was a, a core moment in my life. It was an epiphany moment in my life. I looked into his eyes and I saw the authentic me in his eyes. Mm. And I was thinking, if I cannot stay authentic for this little boy, he cannot stay authentic. I have to create space here so that he can stay as authentic as he is at this moment now. And I think that is the kind of love we need to um, grow <laughs> in our leadership roles, to understand that we need to help people become as authentic as they can. But you have to be authentic first mm -hmm. because you cannot give what you do not have. So you have to be that authentic core where you create space for others to be authentic in the same way. So it, it, that is what leadership, self-leadership actually is all about. I agree. You know, the, the currency to, to get into that gate is authenticity, vulnerability, and courage. I say that all the time on this show. Mm. And I think that if, yeah. if, 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 again, three things that, because of our, you know, belief systems that we've been kind of indoctrinated with or, or our, our way we were brought up, you know, to get to that authentic, vulnerable, courageous place, we're not really that good at it, you know. And I think that yeah. uh, to me, I think that's the transition, or at least it has been for me and a lot of people that I know, as you reach the 30s, the 40s and get into your 50s, it's getting back to that kind of true, as you said, your core, as, as your foundation <clears throat> It's already perfect, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that unconditional Always. love, it's right. perfect. And that's difficult to understand because we feel like, or it's difficult to, to, to wrap your arms around because we feel so flawed, you know? And I mm -hmm. think that, yeah. that, that because we feel so flawed and we focus on those flaws, we can never chip away to that shell of that, that true source, as you're mm -hmm. saying. So how do you get there? I mean, how do, I struggle with that because I believe I want to believe it so bad. I mean, I can just taste it. I can just sit there and I'm gritting my teeth. And say, yeah, I want to have this authentic source come out. But man, it's 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 like a daily struggle sometimes. Even now, I mean, the limiting beliefs still come back. Well, they do because they are a habit. They have been there for so long that they have become habitual. They come from your subconscious mind and they override everything. So that's why it's a struggle. You need to stop them from coming up and overriding your system. And the only way to do that is to start believing something else about yourself. And that takes time. It does take time. I, I, it, it's taken me a lifetime to, to get mm -hmm. to that point where I say, okay, so I, if I, I was born perfect, we all are born perfect. Why would I be less now? Right. So the core must always be the perfect core. Mm -hmm. And everything else is there for us to use in a beneficial way. Because there is one thing that I, it's like a mantra for me. Everything happens for a good reason. Because we live in an unconditionally loving universe. Otherwise, it wouldn't contain everything. Something would be outside of it. And there's nothing outside of it. Everything is contained. So it has to be unconditionally accepting and loving. Which means that... If I am the essence of that, that is my core. So I have to find a way to peel off the layers of illusions that have been brought upon me in order to find that core. And it's always there. Actually, when we are quiet and listen to it, it whispers. Mm. Yeah. 
that's the only way for me to do it and and it has to be done in every single moment you can't be you can't be finished with it it's like saying yeah, it's, okay yeah. so i've finished life because it's it's a, an entangled part of life to peel off the layers and find the real you and at the same time it's a dynamic process because you can't actually truly find the real you it's the seer the listener the 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 thinker within you so it's something you are it's not something you find and what you are is a dynamic process where you probe um, your reality outside of you and it's always changing you are you are in relation to something all the time you're in a relationship to something all the time and it changes everything is in constant change right so if we are looking for something static this is who i am we will never find it because it is a dynamic process going on all the time what you need to do is to connect to the thinker and seer and lover within you mm-hmm. and that to me what hearing that i mean that's is when you adopt that, when you believe that, um, it's a freeing. It's a freeing belief. It's 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 yes. it's uh, it is the essence of freedom. I think because yes. if you're trying to find something static, like you said, I mean it's it's oppressive. You'll never find it. And you know, like you said, I mean if you understand that this is all in constant flight. I mean it's it's all trying to be a hundred percent present at every single moment because this is all that we have. And I know that sounds cliche and I don't mean it to sound trite or try to put it in a neat little bow on it when I say that, but it is true. I mean, that, that is the challenge of, of trying, of being grateful for the moment that you have right now and seeing how you can add value in this present transaction, right? Yes, absolutely. And there is one other thing that is really important in this because you don't have to become spiritual in order to do this. Everything in this reality contains a plus and a minus in equal amounts. That is how everything is held together, which means that everything you encounter will have a negative side and a positive side, a more negative side, a less positive, uh, a more positive side. And you are the balance between those two. It is up to you to find the positive side of everything. And it doesn't mean that you will laugh, have fun all the time. Some things are really, really bad, but still they contain a better and a worse side. And it's up to you to find the better side of everything you find. That's how it may that's how life becomes easier to bear. That's how life becomes easier to live. But I don't think that we are not aware of that everything has more sides than one. We think that what is presented to us is that side and that's all. And that to me is a two-dimensional thinking. When we start thinking in more dimensions, when we start thinking that a problem can have more than one side and always look for the best version of that problem, the the easiest, the the most positive version of that problem, that is when life becomes easier to do and to live. Yeah, it's almost like, t- for me, it's almost a stoic type mentality of like where the obstacle really is the way, right? I mean, where the obstacle yes. really is, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, there's nothing really, it, I mean, some things are bad. I mean, there's no doubt about it, yes. but but it is what it is. And mm-hmm. this obstacle, whatever's in front of me, no matter how monumental it is or how or how momentous it is, or how large it is, is um, 
actually the way to, I mean, as you said, there are many sides to it, right? You have to look at that obstacle as this is the way of, of defining who I am at this moment. Does that make sense? I don't know. Exactly, exactly. It is my relationship to that obstacle that is defining who I am right. at this moment. Right. And it's not written in stone because you can change it you, anytime because you, choose you wish. It. Right. You you're the author of that, right? I think that's yes. that's the power that people yes. need to realize that they the power and the influence that they have despite the obstacle in front of them mm-hmm. is that you're you're the author of, of this movie that that's going to play out. Absolutely. I mean, I learned this lesson when my mother-in-law passed away and I really loved her. She was like a mother to me. And she 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 had an accident and she passed away. And it was such a hard thing for me to grasp. I couldn't grasp it. It was too much to handle. And then I my husband and I we were sitting uh drinking uh coffee and we looked at the sky and the sky was so beautiful it was painfully beautiful it was a sunset and that's when it dawned upon me that what she, uh, what i need to do at this moment is not to bury myself in sorrow and ask myself oh my god how could this happen what i needed to do is what is the message for me here what is what is the lesson for me here what do i need to take from this and what i took from that moment was that I need to remember all the good things about her and use them in my life. And one of the most important things she left was that she was able to love unconditionally. And she did it on an everyday basis. So I started looking at the way what she left behind. I mean, how did she do that? And when I started looking at that, a lot of doors in my mind opened for me. So that was the present in that moment. I wouldn't have had it unless it were exactly as it was. And it didn't take away the sorrow. I mean, I'm still very sad when I think about it, but I picked something good out of that moment. And that's what what I mean. If you're not open to that, if you're closed in on the negative part of a problem, you will not be able to receive the other side of that problem. So it's it's a question of opening up so that you can receive it. Yeah, and and I think in fully feeling the sorrow, I think if if yes, if we can claim the victory, thinking, well, I'm not going, I'm stopping feeling this pain now because you're avoiding the sorrow, right? We can trick ourselves thinking that's the victory, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the actually mm-hmm. the feeling the sorrow point. The actually, the, I think that you were present in the sorrow, brought mm-hmm. forth that that kind of revelation, right? That you wouldn't, otherwise you wouldn't have seen. Yes, exactly. Allowing it to be as it is, not pushing it away or saying, oh no, Mm -hmm. this is not good. Allowing it to be there and knowing that there is something for me here and just allowing it to happen. Uh, that that is a very powerful moment and it takes courage to do that. Yeah. Uh, it, It takes, it also takes, um, self-knowledge and trust in yourself that you're not going to deep dive in this and never come back. Just be in the moment and allow it to be what it is. It, it takes some practice to do that, or maybe not practice. I needed to be older in order to do that. Right. I, I don't think that I would have been able to do it when I, when I was in my 20s, for instance. At least asking the question, you know, what is the path? You know, what do you, what am I to get out of this? I mean, I think that's what I do sometimes. When I feel the kind of anxiety, the worry, the fear, the sorrow, the pain, hmm. I ask the question, you know, 
where do you want me to go? You know, what is the path? You know, those are things I say to myself. Yes. And that is, that is a very good way, uh, of managing the fear within you. I mean, we, what we're talking about here is how do you manage things that come to you from the outer reality? Mm -hmm. But there are things that come to you from within, for instance, also. So, um, learning how to manage your frequency when it comes from within. I have been doing a thing for maybe a year now where I have become more aware of what kind of frequency I am allowing through me into this reality because I strongly believe that we, everything is energy and we are all different frequencies. The only thing that differentiates me from you is the frequency. Mm -hmm. And we are creating this reality by the frequencies we are allowing into this physical reality. So your belief system is vibrating on a specific frequency, and that is what you are seeing in your reality. My belief system is vibrating on a different frequency, and this is what I see in my reality. And the power in all this is that the frequency that comes out of me has to go through me, through my soul, who th- through who I am. And I have decided that I will have a love filter there. And I ask myself, every time I have a thought, I ask myself, okay, so is there love in this? If it's if there is no love in it, I will not allow it in through, my, through me into this reality. And that's how I manage what I am creating into this reality. I love and that. I think that yeah. more people w- would benefit from asking themselves, okay, is, is there love in this? Because automatic thoughts can feel like, I have to do this. I have to say this. You are the one in charge of what comes out of your mouth, what comes out of your frequency. So there is always, you can always give yourself time to think before you act. And that is the love filter I have put on my, on my soul in order not to allow a lower frequency than what I am into this reality. I love that. I mean, it it resonates with me deeply and I I get that. And and it's the intentionality and the consistency behind those developing those habits that I think is, is where I'm at and what I try to teach people to do. I mean, it's still a struggle for me at times and, and to remind myself to get back to that, that frequency. I, I'm, do you believe that we manifest? I mean, whatever we think we become, do you believe that? Yes, I do. I do. I really do. But not only what we think. I think that our subconscious mind is much more powerful than that. I think that what we think we know about this reality is even more what we manifest in this reality. And if we don't know who we are, if we don't know what it is we are thinking, for instance, if we are in a worry mode all the time, then worry is what we are going to create in this reality. And it will present itself as problems, as obstacles, as surprises we don't want in our reality because it comes from a subconscious mind and we might not be aware of it. That is why we have to become more aware of who we truly are and start creating a reality from that point of view. Yeah, so it, it, that's interesting because, you know, I remember growing up, my dad used to say that I was a worry wart, you know, always worried about things. Mm. 
And I catch myself, I mean, but now I've shifted to, you know, and I've worried about what? I'm worried about the future, worried about finances, worried about, you know, someone getting ill. You know, you could, there's never a shortage of things to worry about. Mm. So how do you Mm. shift that from worry to manifestation? Maybe isn't, I don't know if that's the, manifestation is the right word, but how how do I shift that? Or how do I catch myself and like, okay, look, I can't control what Kim Jong Un is doing, right? I can't mm. work. No, you it can't. Does... That's true. Right. And that and that's the trick because you have to focus on what you can control. Mm-hmm. So, and if you look at your mind as a vision board, I mean, would you put up these images that you worry mm, about? No. Would you put put that up on a vision board in your room? I would not. Now, why are you putting it up in your mind? Exactly. Yeah. Because it's one of the same thing. I mean, you're, you're creating, it's, it's like asking for it. And that's what you get because your mind looks at what, it, what are you looking at? What's the image? What's the pictures you're sending to your mind? And this is the picture. So that's what you get. It's unconditionally responding to your frequency. And if your frequency is created by worry, then it becomes, worry is a mantra. Worry is a prayer. Only a negative one. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so, that's so, so true. I mean, right. It's much better to start daydreaming. I know that every teacher <laughs> would say, "Stop daydreaming, do something else," but that's not true. Daydreaming mm-hmm. is essential because it creates a future you, a future reality, and you are sending pictures to your mind of what you want. You can start deliberately daydreaming. Starting, it's it, people would call it vision. Um, what is it called? Um, visualizing. Mm-hmm. I call it daydreaming because visualizing is work. Daydreaming is something you do. You just sit there and you start daydreaming like a child. You remember how it was when we were right. children and we started daydreaming. That's the thing. That is how we are supposed to do in order to tell our minds what it is we want to create because it is creating 24 7 it doesn't care if you are daydreaming or worrying or thinking or feeling or whatever it is creating and you are getting the frequency back at you in the form of a 3d reality and if you look at your mind as a vision board then you have to start thinking about what am I putting up on that vision board. And I know it sounds hard because the outer reality is going to give you negative suggestions of what you might want in this reality. But you can say no thank you to that. You can focus on your frequency and what you want to create in this reality. Yeah, because that... that's the only thing you actually can do. You, can't, you cannot change my frequency. I can't change yours. It can only happen from within. I can help you do that. I can help you change your belief system and that would alter your frequency. But you have to allow it. It goes through you and through me and through each and every one of us. That's why the real change always comes from within. Yeah. No, I love that. And you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, if worry is a, you know, a, a negative prayer or a prayer in reverse, I love that. But it's almost like your subconscious mind, I look at the subconscious mind as... as you know, it does. It's just a, a field, like a farmer's field, and it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't care what you plant. It will. It will grow whatever you yes. plant there, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. I mean, and if you're not aware of that, you're having this field. It becomes a jungle, and you don't dare to go in there because you don't know what's in that jungle. Right. So you have. So you have to become more aware of that. 
this is my field and I want roses here and I want bananas here and I want a piece of grass there. It's up to you to plant whatever you want. And I'm not saying that we need to control everything in our lives because we don't. All I'm saying is that we have to become aware of how lucid everything actually is and how we can play with it. There is nothing that is written in stone. We can, we can elaborate on everything through our mind. Because if you look at reality and see it as you are the creator of your own reality, then you must do it fully and ask yourself, so if I'm the creator, what do I want to create? And believe that what you want to create is possible to be created. Because that's also a key. You need to believe it. Yeah, that's to... why, for instance, I mean, mantras that are not resonating with you will not work for you. Or pep talk that you don't believe in. It doesn't matter. It's the belief thing. That's, that's, that's the key to everything here. Because you do create what you believe. Mm -hmm. Either you believe something good or something bad. It's still something you will create. Yeah, and it's suspending the belief in how it's going to get done, just knowing that it's going to get done. That's the faith and the belief part that, that has to be mm. part of the equation. I love that. Yes, just trusting it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and I could talk to you forever about this. We're going on 45 <laughs> minutes. It's, it's a lot longer than I normally do the interviews, but I just love this conversation. I'm so excited to see the full book come out, Know the Truth. I imagine a lot of what we've talked about here in this conversation is embedded in this book. Uh, the book is why, yes. why Knowing Who You Are Changes Everything. And I'm looking at the table of contents in, in the excerpt that you sent me last a couple of days ago, and which I read last night. I'm so anxious to dive into this book. So uh, when does it come out? It comes out the 5th of September, and I'm so glad to see it out there. I have a huge following on Twitter, and everybody's asking me, where is the book? And it comes out the 5th of September, so I'm so excited. Well, I hope all my listeners pick up this book. I know that this is going to be something of a go-to for me, because this is exactly where I am in this space where I've transformed from, with this show on the whole self-awareness piece I know a lot of my clients and my coaching is, is focusing on the self-awareness because I do believe that a part of leadership, a part of life is the more that you focus on yourself, and it may seem self-serving and, and people may be afraid to do it because it seems self-serving, but it is self-serving in the sense that you're shining the light on yourself on becoming aware of who you are. And when you shine your light on yourself, you give people around you the freedom to do the same. And that's why it's so powerful and influential and why it's yeah. necessary in my opinion. So. Um, how can people get in touch with you, Gordana? How can people learn more about you, get in touch with you? Where, where uh, can they well, find you? is my site, and where I operate the most is on Twitter. So it's at MyPowerTalk on Twitter. That's where you can find me. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. Uh, we could, I would love to have you come back at a future date. We can talk and explore and deep dive even more topics and um, if, if you're willing to do that. But this has been a fun and, and fabulous conversation for me. Thank you Absolutely. for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. It was really beautiful, and I come back anytime. All right, Gordana. Thank you. Thank you. All right. 45 minutes. That was good. 40, 46 <laughs> I minutes. Thought, I thought we had an hour, so that's why I told Oh, no, no. It, look at the time. <laughs> I, I, would, I would continue to go on, but I've, I've got to get, get to this yes. airport, and I'm so sorry because yes, I just okay. love this conversation, and you're such a great guest, and uh, I love what you do. I love your work, and uh, I hope this was a fun conversation for you. 
Oh, it was beautiful. I loved it. In the middle of it, I was thinking, this is great. I love this. So you absolutely the right frequency for me. I really, really enjoyed it. What else can I do for you? Um, I'll, I'll get this posted probably in the next week or two. Or do you want me to wait closer to September? I can do whatever you want. But um... No, it's okay. You can do it now. It's fine because there's going to be a lot of interviews during August. So you can put it out there whenever you want and uh, we do another interview if you want after September, <laughs> whenever it's Yeah, that would be great. Like yeah. yeah. And do you ever make it, how often do you make it to the States? Well, I have plans on doing it. I don't know yet when, but I do love to do that. So when I'm there, I, I'll, I'll, I can find you. <laughs> yeah, let me know. I, I, as a, a pilot for American Airlines, and so I find myself all over the 48 states. So at any mm. given moment. And so um, if you are around, I'd love to meet you and your husband. Oh, that would be great. I'll I'll let you know uh, if we have it in the pipeline. I think it's going to be somewhere in the beginning of next year, but we'll see. I don't actually know exactly the dates and stuff, but I'll tell you when I'm there. Perfect. All right, Gordana. And so the best email is the power talk that I've been communicating with. Is that right? Yes, and you're communicating with my husband because he's my agent and manager and thinks he does all these things. So feel free to tell him anything and talk to him about things, and I'll get the message too. Awesome. All right, Gordana. Yes. Thank you so much for your flexibility, and thanks for the great conversation, and and we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Enjoy your flight. (laughs) All right. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for tuning into the show. Go to richardryerson.com or doseofleadership.com. And fill out the contact page and reach out to me. Let me know where you're at your leadership journey. Also, if you want access to my brand new online leadership course to help become a better leader, go to LegacyLeaderBlueprint.com. Fill out your email and you gain access to a free 12-minute video that will reveal the top secrets of leadership and also show you how you can gain access, exclusive access, to my online leadership course. That's LegacyLeaderBlueprint.com. Hope to see you on the inside. Thanks for tuning into the show. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.